0: You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo-Ray and Gary.
1: Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo-Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. You lucky so-and-so. Uh, I am in fact lucky. Oh, beca- oh, is it because you're here?
0: Because I'm here, yeah.
1: Okay, I, I wasn't, I was just speaking generally. I actually had that uh, thought. I actually I had that thought the other day. I was driving to a job, uh, and and I was stopped getting a bite to eat, and it was hot. And I was uh and I was just like, Oh man, this is just awful, this is terrible. This, oh, you know, I just had that general malaise coming over me, you know, and this is just a little something for all you folks out there. A little general malaise came over me and I was in a section of town, wasn't the greatest, and I was getting us something to eat at the Dairy Queen. And um Sitting there, I thought to myself, you know, I'll bet you there is not a single person that is within a one-mile radius of where I am right now who I would trade places with. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so shut up with your, uh, you know, I'm having a bad day crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Go. That, that's a, the that's a, that's a ticket. Drive someplace that's not the best part of town and look around and be like, would I like to be any of these people? No, I would not. I mean, no, I'd rather be me. My life is pretty good. So stop with the, you know, oh, I'm having a bad day. I had three different clients call me today to reschedule. Oh, yeah, it sucks to be you.
0: I, I had the same thing on a shoot I was on the other day, and it was outside, and it was hot. And I think I talked about it in the last episode. And I was uh, going out to the shoot. I was in a really just bad mood. I'm like, man, I would just rather stay in the studio in the air conditioning. But leaving the session, getting in the car, I was so jazzed from having done something that's a little different than what I normally do. And just thinking, man, it's like it's a pretty great job. Like when I'm walking off, the, any- I'm walking off the
1: beach, and I'm sweating, and I'm sandy, you know, and I'm coming off the beach. And people go, oh, I couldn't do that job. You got your gear, and you get all hot and sweaty and everything. But I'm, the sun is setting, and there's a breeze, and I'm at the beach. For the love of God, I'm at the beach. <laughs> it's like I, I slept till ten a.m. Yeah, and I slept like, till. What t- did you b- do? But, <laughs> but when I was a kid, when you're a kid and you're growing up, and you're thinking about what I, what you know, I'm, you know soon I'm going to have to work, and I'm going to have to work for a living, and be like my dad, and take my briefcase and my tie, and do all this stuff, and that's what I'll do for the rest of my life until I die. And then you find yourself making a living in your shorts every day watching the sunset on the beach and you're like, this is not at all a bad way to make a living. Yeah.
0: This is, this isn't the, uh, the mad men scenario.
1: This is pr- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. A, you're one step away from just being a lifeguard. Yeah, pretty
0: much. Yeah. You're <laughs> you know? a lifeguard with a camera. Yeah. Know? Know? And
1: it's not a bad way to make a living. You're a little sweaty, but you go home, you take a shower, you make yourself a little cocktail. You're like, Oh, it was a good day.
0: Yeah. It's a good day. That is, that is true. So for those of you out there that are having a tough day there, that's one of the things I want to talk about this week. But. Uh, uh, we are going to we're going to talk about a few things, but I did want to bring something to your attention because I know that you would never see this um, except unless you looked on the uh, the webcam that you have installed in my bedroom. Um, God, there's so, something I'll never get out of my head. So Father's Day was your a little while ago, and I meant to and I meant to speak about this because I know that uh, it's it's going to embarrass me to you, but I think it's going to be funny. So my Father's Day present right. was I got this beautiful new set of of sunglasses, which all I right. love. They're great. They're uh, they're they're actually extra wide, so they fit on my big head for your giant my, head. Okay, yes, for my big old noggin. Yeah, that's true. And then I got a present, something for the whole family. We got a four a set of four matching Star Wars pajamas for all four of us. Oh, that's a photo opportunity coming right there. We have not <laughs> we have not yet done that. But uh, they all—they are all identical except for they say different things on the on the front. And mine says Jedi Master. Okay. And uh, Julie says Rebel Princess. And then uh, Ellie's says Young Padawan. Okay. And then uh, Josie, even my six-month-old, has a little set that says Jedi in training.
1: Oh, that's impl- that's Which technically fantastic. it's the same that's thing fantastic. as a Padawan, but whatever. Yeah, but. You could have gotten the—you should have gotten the ones—the uh, fishing ones, the ones that are fishing-oriented too, where everybody has it's all fish-oriented and you okay. know uh-huh. one person's a fisherman one person is the is the cooker one person is the person who baits the line that that oh. that, that would be mine i didn't even know you fished yeah i'm i'm a master baiter <laughs> <laughs> how could you not see that coming <laughs>
0: how could you not see that coming it there? sounded like the world's dumbest pajamas how could you not see either. that
1: coming I mean I laid it right out I laid it right out I played it right out like a I mean, I isn't that right what would you, thought,
0: oh it's a thing with the fish I mean you had to know it was coming would you rather I stepped on the joke come on no you I, you set it up all, all right you go, so that's I right. had to know
1: that was coming mine says yeah. masturbator
0: so mm-hmm. if you have a if you have a three-year-old who who uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so proud of myself
0: you should be and also ashamed of yourself at the same time yes yes you should be uh anyway so if you have a family set of matching pajamas and a three-year-old uh what's basically to happen is so for the last couple of weeks every time those pajamas come out of the laundry we have to wear them because ellie will put them on and she she'll wants. be and she'll say of course daddy mommy let's all wear pajamas together oh, that's the best thing in the world isn't it right mean- i'm it is, except that it's summer, and this oh. is like, I don't wear pajamas in the summer. Like, they're you know, like the not, full-length like, ones. and Oh, yeah, ankle-length, yeah, and it's, you know, it's cozy, soft material, but it's not like summer PJs, really. And so, right. anyway, uh, so we end up dressed in matching Star Wars PJs uh, at least two nights a week at this point. So. And, again, a,
1: thir- the- a first-world problem. That, yeah, that you know is. how awful it is that you have to put on these PJs for your adorable and that, three-year-old, and that my
0: and, and my my loving little daughter wants us all yeah, to dress the same. Awful, yeah. It's tough, man. It's a tough life. But again, I want to make the point: I don't buy Star Wars stuff for myself. People buy it for you. Yeah. Yes, adults should not buy each other presents. <laughs> no, <laughs> because. You always end up getting a present that is the one thing they remember about you. So I get a lot of uh, hair product and Star Wars stuff. Well, I feel like I
1: much. feel like I talked about my Father's Day present a couple episodes, right? I talked about the mug that I got for Father's Day. I talked about that. Oh, yeah, the
0: ugly mug. Yeah. The mug
1: that is designed. to And I found out, I said, I said this mug that is designed to look like it was made by hand, but actually it is not made by hand. And I thought, wow, this is what we've come to now. You can get a good mug or you can get one made by hand, which means something. Or, you can get a crappy mug that looks like it was made by hand and means nothing, and that 's right. what i and that's what I got and come to find out it actually is made by hand but by people in India so now, every time I drink from my dad mug that I got for father 's Day, I think warmly of the person in India who made this with their own little hands <laughs> for me, not not my daughter because she didn't make it, but somewhere Correct. in India there's somebody who made this mug with their two little hands. And I and and I feel warmth. They're for tiny, them.
0: tiny minor child, yes, eleven a tiny year tiny old hand. Yeah.
1: hand in slavery hands who made this hug mug by hand for me. Thank you That's, very much.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like there's even more to the story there. Does it, does it does it come with like a kit or like a little packet that tells you the name of the of the of the orphan abused child who made your mug, and so that you can like start corresponding yes. with them, or I maybe you could even Skype with them, and you could send them a like a really well made mug from america and you could drink out of the crappy mug that that child made and you guys could skype together and you could do that my question is i want to be the guy in that factory who's in charge of quality
1: control right Right? right. because 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 how hard a job is that let me let me see what you got number 27 what are you working on there let me see what you got hmm yes definitely looks like it was some crappily made by a six-year-old good job
0: Put that in a box. Because it was actually crappily made <laughs> yes, six. And let's ship it. I'm just
1: saying how hard how hard is quality control when your product is supposed to look like
0: it's crap? Yeah. Well, quality control is it's literally just a chicken at the end of a conveyor belt. <laughs> and if you put the mug in front of the chicken, it just goes!
1: That's and it. good
0: That's a winner. Box it up. Two clucks means no good. It means the mug is too symmetrical. What's
1: that chicken? <laughs> What's that chicken's name, Gary?
0: Um, Boo Ray? No.
1: Come on! No. That's a, I, I put you on the spot. You would never be an improv comedian. <laughs> Come on! Got to have a name. I said I got to have a name. you should have well, immediately should have been able to say this chicken's name is. It's clearly Mrs. Cluckworth. What? Mrs. Cluckworth. Mc, Mr. Cluckworth or Mick Cluckworth? M- Mrs. Women can't work. It's Mrs. Miss Cluckworth. Cluckworth. Oh, it's Mrs. Cluckworth.
0: How dare you infringe upon the right of a? Of a, of a I, a, I a, certainly
1: a, could be. Your you audio cut out a little bit. I didn't hear the Mister. Mrs. So okay, Mrs. Mrs. <laughs> Cluckworth. She's is this a married chicken?
0: Well, obviously she's uh, she's from America. She's working at the factory in India. Oh, yes. What, that's and what brought, she, her brought, brought her to this point her over, where she had yeah. to go
1: to uh, to India to work? There's no jobs here. For that. Well, manufacturing is all going overseas, Gary.
0: Well, it's really hard, you know, nowadays, just a bachelor's degree isn't enough in the States. So (laughs) she didn't, it was either getting the workforce to support her little chicks or, or she'd have to, you you know, give up going for her master's. So she went, she found work overseas and she's very happy with her job because it's well within her skill set. Which is to say, no skills whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that better? Have we satisfied the, uh, the required amount of time we have to talk about nothing? So your sister's happy.
0: That's right. Uh, Ten minutes of nothing. Okay. Uh, We're good. We're right at – hold on. Wait. Now we're at ten minutes. Okay, good. All right. So now we
1: can talk about photography.
0: Yes, we can indeed. And uh, there are – I wanted to talk – I had a friend of mine who shall remain nameless who sent me a message asking for some advice on a thing. And here's what happened. She had gotten a job working in a – doing headshots and group shots uh, for uh, some businesses in this uh, office downtown kind of where she lives. And so she went around and she did several different groups of people, different companies. And um, when it, the galleries went out, one of the groups of people came back and said that they, they weren't happy with the images. And so she sent me the images to to look over them and uh, asked me what I thought. And they were fine. The Images were perfectly perfectly fine corporate images, well done, well lit, you know, well posed. And... Basically, what it came down to is she did everything that was required, but there was a stylistic difference between the client and my friend and so she wanted to know, does she reshoot, does she offer them their money back when she didn't do anything wrong, she delivered you know professional quality imagery as discussed, went out and did the work. What do you do if the, you know the work is good, but the client just doesn't like it
1: um, can you be more can you elaborate on stylistic difference
0: well let's say that you know they didn't um everything was exposed well it was posed but sort of the style of it maybe they didn't like maybe they thought uh, they wanted uh, different color tinting or level of contrast okay. I mean or I had that with to... a
1: headshot job where we shot indoors it was raining I, I talked about this and she had shown me pictures from their up north website that were shot in a in a room with giant windows it was all blown out white you know modeled windows behind them and yes. she was like I wanted something like that but that's what they want and I was like no that's what they got because that's where they were shot but you can't get that here because you don't have that here but then um she was so concerned about it that, I, that it stopped raining and I said, we're going out in the park and I'll shoot them all again in the park and you can choose between the two. And she just, just yesterday came back to pick the images and she picked all the stuff that was shot outside in the park. So that might help you with telling you what I would do. I double shot that job on the day because I was worried that she would have a stylistic problem. So oh. so if in this case so you shot if, everything
0: if, if in two different places I shot
1: it in two different places with no change I shot them all upstairs in the in the inside and then because she was a little bit she was still worried about that I said you know what it stopped raining I'm going to take you all outside right now and reshoot them all outside which took me 15 minutes but I right. knew that 15 minutes right there would be worth it if it ended up that they liked them better um so the question then becomes if you have to go back and reshoot it Is it worth it? Down the line.
0: Right. Well, typically, if it's something that's stylistic, like the images are sharp, they're well exposed, well posed, and they just don't like the overall look and feel for some reason because there are different ways to shoot everything. Um, When you come to that point, you have to either basically decide, are you going to reshoot it? Are you going to give them their money back or are you going to tell them to get stuffed? And and those are the three main areas that you can work in if the problem's already – if the problem's there – and so well, see, I really my- think there's
1: only two choices because the choice between between reshooting it and refunding it is not a choice because unless you're just so unbelievably busy then and burning money, there's no reason to refund it if you can reshoot it and keep the money. I mean, right. you know, when would you ever be like, you know what? I'm just going to give you back your $1,000 because I don't want to waste another two hours coming and doing this again. No, <laughs> you know, right. you know, no, you're going to, no, you're going to reshoot
0: it. Keep the money, keep the money yeah I, I worry about client satisfaction in the long run um, you know just to it, it would bug me to have to know that someone out there got my photos and didn't like them right and that I, and I didn't do everything that I could to make them happy and so I think that I would be more inclined to reshoot uh under the right circumstances if I felt the client was being reasonable and polite you know right um, right
1: yeah you get because you're going to get those people. Who you can tell pretty soon, pretty quickly, that this is a person who's going to be unhappy no matter what I do.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, Two, is the client something, is it likely to be more work in the future? Could I use it as an opportunity to solidify a good customer service relationship? um because if it's someone like at a convention that comes in for a headshot and they get like a free or a really cheap headshot in a volume situation i am not going to bend over backwards or reshoot or even give them their money back in most cases right you know like um because that i don't really care as much about but if it's a client that i can cultivate that relationship with and and i can and, and it's a customer service opportunity i can do that um but that being said You know, you got to find what works for you. I would make sure that you have stuff in your contract that for these types of scenarios where if the client's dissatisfied with the photos due to artistic differences, whereas that means the photos are fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but you just don't like them. um, Then I would typically have a set fee to reshoot. It would be a small fee, something to the tune of like 25 percent of the original amount, something like that to come out and do it again. Um, that Which way, is to,
1: to to discourage them from being that client who constantly asks you to reshoot.
0: Right. Absolutely. And to also show value in in my time. Right. And and it's also so, and that would be predetermined in in a shooting agreement. Um. In addition to, I would have a limit on the amount of a refund due to artistic differences. I would say I would never offer a hundred percent refund. I would offer a fifty percent refund. Um. You know, provided that. Um, you know, under the right circumstances. Like if they've already downloaded and started using the images, it's like, no, you're, you're done. Nice. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so, uh, you know, you got to have that stuff in place in the beginning to keep this from happening. Um, it's a really good idea to develop a process through which a client is sending you samples. So the reason that your job was successful, you knew to double shoot it because they had sent you what they were looking for. Right. And so you know what you were shooting for. And right. so sometimes we take a job and we go out and shoot it and because the client was easy to work with in the beginning, maybe we don't do our due diligence. So we need right. to have, like, samples, even if it's not our work. Like, we'll typically ask somebody, what photos on our website do you like? Uh, and so we'll do so that will give us a clue in first. And um, we also have Pinterest boards set up that we sometimes do with clients. And we ask them to email us links to or email us images that they can find online that they like. And we have different style boards on Pinterest for the different areas of the studio that we practice in so that people can see a little expanded version of some of the work so that we really do try to hone in. And in the calendar, you can attach images in the calendar that we use. And so Julia or Robin will often attach images into the calendar for a shoot that I have coming up, so I open the calendar, look at the appointment, and I can see two or three samples of what it is that they're that they like, so that I know what I'm shooting before they come in the door and so it and uh the other thing that you can do to head off you know sort of uh uh this kind of backlash is it's not a bad idea to get into the habit of you know bringing iPad or a tablet, and most of the cameras you can do wireless even if it's using a cam ranger or something shooting. Uh, shooting uh, in a, either wirelessly or hard-tethered so that the client can see and approve the images as you take them. And that can really eliminate a lot of that problem. Oh, yeah.
1: They can pick their image right on the spot, then you're golden.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, I use the Canon 5D Mark IV, which is the first in the 5 Series that has the built-in Wi-Fi. And with the Canon Camera Connect app, it's really killer. I've done this several times on shoots, even recently, where the person, either the art director or the client... Um, is holding the iPad while I'm shooting the scene for like, commercial shoots and stuff. Um, like I, one pest control company that I work for in town, that the guy who's the owner of the company is standing there with the iPad, and as I'm shooting, he's seeing the images come through. Right, and so he's able to go, Hey, I like that. I like this because he, th- you know, your client knows their equipment, they know their brand, they know, you know, they know what they want, and uh, and oftentimes they have a vision too. And so it's it's really no trouble for me to bring an iPad on a shoot with me and hand it to one of the people and say, hey, you can check that out and see what you think. And then they say, yes, this is a go. You don't have to necessarily let them see everything, but let them get an idea of what it's going to look like. And it takes an extra couple of minutes, but it's not that big of a pain in the butt. And you get you'll get a like a zero percent. Pushback when you show images to a client when they've seen them already, and if they have a problem, you can say, "Well, you saw them and approved them on site, so there's nothing I can do for you." Right? You had, I mean, you know, if, yeah, like, if there was
1: a problem, you had every opportunity to tell me there was a problem. You can't come back to me days later and go, "You know what? No, you no." Yeah, in th- in that case, you've you've absolutely can, can stand firm with them.
0: Absolutely, there's a, and there's a. um The technology for stuff like this is so good. I have a friend of mine in town here in Orlando who's a commercial photographer, and he has a program that when he shoots tethered or shoots to an iPad or a laptop, it will put images into a Dropbox, and he's got his client who's in San Francisco or New York or wherever, they can sit and and watch him put images into the Dropbox and be on FaceTime or something with him while he's shooting their products. And so they can say, "Hey, I like that. Can we brighten that up a little bit, or can we turn the angle of the thing?" So he's actually having clients virtually like watch the shoot, so that they can they can uh, give him their notes while he's shooting. Yeah, but wouldn't you but, hate that? No, absolutely. In commercial photography, it's almost always, wow. almost ev- almost every serious commercial photography job I've ever had, there is somebody there who has to see the images as they're coming through. Like it's absolutely, um, it's almost every time. Like they and they ask for it. So there's usually a marketing person or an art director or a stylist or somebody who needs to see it. And and, and even if they would have loved your work anyway, the opportunity that they have a lot of times just giving somebody input makes them happier with the final product.
1: Well, I had a friend of mine that did a lot of commercial work and said that whenever he turned something into uh, an art director, he was always careful to have at least one thing in that picture that he knew was wrong.
0: Right, you got to let them have a. They put their thumbprint yeah, on it right? because they
1: they wanted to put they wanted, they had to have their mark. So he would always leave something not fixed, so they could go. You need to fix that. Oh, you're right. Thank you. And then he would fix yeah. it, and they would feel like they'd done their job. Because otherwise, they don't feel like they're doing their job. My job is to tell you is to fix you. And if you give me something that doesn't need to be fixed, I'm not doing my job. So I have to find something to fix.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, it's it's like that when you put more cooks in the kitchen. You yeah. know. Um it's almost like a corporate board meeting and <laughs> like every if you come up with the best idea in the world there's going to be that person in the room that's got to like th- lick their finger and th- touch, touch it, it just so that yeah just so that they had something to do with it you know I had a so job uh,
1: I had a job on the beach this week um you know I have a I have a side uh, company thing side website set up now where I'm doing these um inexpensive beach family portraits for tourists occasionally locals Um, and the price is inexpensive, but that's the market. If you want to go and take pictures of people on the beach or here on vacation, then there's, this is the market and you're, and you can try and beat that market if you want to, but good luck with it because there's too many guys that are doing it at this price point and you get all the files and that's the market. So um I decided, you know, what the heck? So I decided to throw my hat in that ring because I'm always going down there to work anyway, and I can and I can do it pretty quickly and pretty efficiently. And let's see what that's like. So I've been doing I mean, with it. A lot
0: of your jobs, you could shoot a wedding and a family portrait in the same day oh, on be, the same beach. That'd be great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been doing it, and and then you know, parsing it out, looking at the money, and seeing is this really something that would be worth doing. And one of the things is, you get me for about an hour on the sand. You get all the files, and. um I don't put any limit on anything. So, a family reunion of forty-five people, yeah, okay. A family of four, okay, same price.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, same wow. price.
1: But and and because I know most people will be like, well, if it's you know if it's more than one family, there's it's an extra charge for each family member. And then I know other photographers who are selling mostly prints, and they say, no, no because more families means more prints more I'm going to sell. Yeah. So what do I care, right? And my thing is I'm working for an hour. And it doesn't matter if it's 4 people or 40 people, I'm working for an hour either way. And right. and so it, it's like when you get hired to shoot a wedding and it's a 7-hour wedding, There's going to be an hour in there where you produce 35 pictures and there's going to be an hour in there where you produce 120 pictures. But you don't charge a different rate on those hours. You know, sometimes you're working more, sometimes you're working less or there's more to take a picture of. But this is what's really interesting about it is, um, and we were talking before about this, I could say, okay, if you want to have more than one family, it's going to cost you more money. I think I would lose business because other people don't do that that I know of. But here's the thing. When there's more families, my job is actually easier.
0: Okay. Give me a family of four on the beach, and an hour. That's too much time. Yes, I can. I can knock that out in fifteen minutes.
1: Yes, but you can't because then they don't feel like they got their money's worth. Right. So what you've got to do is you've got to get them in three different locations as a family grouping, plus the kids by themselves, plus the parents by themselves. you got to do headshots of all four. Then you got to get them walking away. you got to get them walking back. you probably got to do that twice. Then you got to take them over here and do this thing. Now, let's see if we can get the kids to play with the sandcastle. And let's do this. And let's do and goes And you've got to do all this stuff to try and get an hour's worth of images for them for their price, right? Now, you show up and it's my family, my brother's family, my sister's family, and my grandparents. Great. I shoot headshots of all of them and then I go down and have them all do the walk away and then I put them all into their family groupings for their sunset shots and I'm done. Give me a reunion of 45 people and I set up in one spot and shoot it like shooting formals at a wedding. (laughs) And it's just pile them in, pose them, snap, snap, who's next? Pile them in, pose them, snap, snap, who's next? That's the easiest thing you can do. Now all the kids. And that's the easiest thing you can do and it's the most people. So the more people you give me the easier the job actually is for me because I don't have to be creative.
0: Yeah. You know when yeah, you have a lot of people you don't have to be creative losers. it's just
1: get everybody posed and take a picture in front of the sunset but when you only have a small group well now you've got to come up with now let's silhouette you holding the baby in the air and let's you know you got to come up with all this lifestyle stuff.
0: You got to be careful with the baby in the air man sometimes they spit up on you. I know. I'm just saying. Not on me. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying on me. It's been done. But it's just interesting
1: when you think about it that the thing that we charge people – a lot of times we'll say you should charge people more money if they bring more people. But in fact, the job is easier when they bring more people.
0: Yeah, I have a similar um, situation when I do headshots in volume because we charge by time and not by person. And so I have a maximum number of people I can do in that given time. Sometimes I've gone out and I've shot all day and photographed 50 people because that's their timetable. And sometimes I go out all day and I'll shoot 150 people. In the same amount of time, and
1: sometimes doing more people, even in the headshot situation, is easier
0: because you don't have to chit chat, and it makes the day go by a lot. And quicker. you don't have to yeah. you don't
1: have to song and dance when you're doing them so fast that it's an assembly line. It's just right. poppity, poppity, poppity. But when it's not that many, now it's you've got to smooth and you've got to talk and you've got to you know, and it's it's more work. You have to be more creative. You have to be you know playing playing the room. But when it's an assembly line like at a convention. No, it's just sit them down, pop, pop, move. You know, yeah, and it is.
0: Out. It's uh some some photographers in the industry are a little um, hesitant about the volume business, you know, about anything except high end, and I and I struggle with that to say that you know you're doing the same amount of work just spread over a longer period yeah. of time, like like, and I I so I I the per- that, listen. Uh, the
1: person who's doing who's doing family portrait sessions and is making three thousand dollars on their family portrait sessions, believe me. They're putting so much time into getting that client, retaining that client, selling that client, going to their house and hanging that picture on the wall for them. Yeah. They they are, you know, for that $3,000, they're putting just as much time as I do shooting five clients for less right. money.
0: Do you know uh, the, the photographers that like have a mansion in Tiger Woods's neighborhood and stuff like that? They're the ones who own the Santa Kiosk at the mall. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: That's exactly right. They're Mr. High M blah blah blah. And we also do all the graduation pictures for the college.
0: Yeah. And all four high schools yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Every photographer I know with a big ass house on the water and a boat, uh, shoots volume. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I you know, just uh keep your uh keep your scruples there, old uh Rembrandt. Old 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 Billy Rembrandt there and uh I'll go ahead and I'll be happy with volume because the best part about volume, my friends, is that you don't have to be the one to take the pictures necessarily. <laughs> I feel that you are really trying to move to the point where you don't ever have to touch a camera. I would be fine with that. Yeah, yeah except for like if I, if there was something that I wanted to shoot for fun for me, that'd be great. I, I have no problem just doing the marketing and glad handing with the clients and stuff. I'm good with that. That's woo, Yeah. And just shooting for fun while other people take pictures for me, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. It's really
1: hard to find people to work for you, though, that are as fanatical about the quality
0: as you are. That is true. Uh, It's also um, difficult to find clients in the type of work that I do that are as fanatical about the quality as I am.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating when you're like, my pictures are so much better than my competitors and no one seems to care.
0: Well, the only time that they care, they don't care when they're booking you. They care when they see the picture you took of them. Like the person who hired you in the marketing department, you when you right. photograph those people and you make them look and feel good when you shoot them, that's when That's when they love you. But, when they're, but, looking, but early, when
1: they're looking at your work and other people's work, they can't extrapolate that. They can't look and go, oh, I can see that this guy is going to do a better job with me than that guy just by they don't they don't make that connection they have to see to themselves they have to
0: be in the picture i had a i had a photo shoot this week for a couple of uh young millionaires and they uh for their for their marketing business and the guy told me he goes man he goes uh he goes you got a lot of, he said you got the best google reviews you are the, you must be the best photographer in your town i am not uh by the way um there are many great photographers in my area and um and he's like you know when i was looking and and I couldn't get a shoot with you as soon as I wanted. I had to wait like two weeks to get the session because you guys were busy. He's like, but because your reviews were good, I waited for you. He didn't say because your pictures were better. Right, because your reviews He's, were good. Oh, my God, I'm so isn't sick Isn't that of interesting? I'm so isn't sick that of re- interesting? Yes,
1: it's interesting. Well, I told you, I did a head job, job recently where they negotiated the price down on me. And part of the negotiation was, they said, in addition to if you do it for this price, um, we'll also uh, write you a review on the social platform of your choice. That, was, that is a ag-
0: that's also against their terms of service, but whatever, it's fine. No. Yeah, dude, that is that is fascinating to think about. Right. Right. Know, that was part of,
1: that was part of their negotiation. If you'll if you'll come down on the price, we'll write you a review.
0: Yeah, I'll You She didn't say you know it would be a what? great review.
1: <laughs> she just said a review. Yeah.
0: yeah, we'll write you a review. Man, that is that is that is fascinating in the world. I'm so doing sick it.
1: of it. I'm so sick of reviews. I'm so sick of having to get reviews. I'm so oh I'm just tired of it. Just look at my work. Can you just look at my work and see? Just look at my
0: work. Yeah, I know. I, I I rely on reviews very heavily for decisions. When I like, you know, when I'm choosing stuff, going out to eat, who repairs my air conditioner, you know, reviews are are critical. Like for me, anyway, finding a, you know, especially when we travel a lot, I I rely pretty heavily on reviews. Yeah. it is a pain in the butt in my business, uh, but we've worked it into our our uh, all of our correspondence with clients and stuff for reviews, and I even mention it in the session you know, stuff like that, and I, like, subtly throw that in there, and if the client has a business, you know, I'm able to tag and promote their business and even leave them a review if it's somebody I worked with, and, you know, it's it's got its pluses and minuses. The biggest pain in the butt is that somebody could just go on your page and make something up about you, and you couldn't get the review yeah. taken down.
1: Did you see, uh, speaking of reviews, did you see that John Travolta's new film is getting the lowest review in the history of Rotten Tomatoes? Which, what's the name of the movie? Gotti. Plays John Gotti. And it is it is getting the new record lowest reviews in the history of Rotten Tomato, Lower than Gigli? Gigli? What was that movie with? Gigli? Gigli with Ben Affleck and, and uh, J-Lo. Yeah, it's like getting the record low. It started at a 0% score.
0: It is still currently at a 0% score. <laughs> but it's got 28 critic reviews. and But out of user ratings, 7,173 users, it has a 64% positive rating. Right. Hmm. Wow. Uh. Actually, yeah. Yeah. By it really does look like it's got the lowest. Uh. Lo- I bet it's bad. Like it would be <laughs> sure it mystery is. science theater bad. Yeah. That would be so cool. Oh, there's the title of the movie. He showed the world who's boss. Yeah. Let's Ch- let's, let's let's absolutely
1: make John Golly look like a great guy. Uh, yeah. Mobster <laughs> from New York City. Good plan. <laughs>
0: Dude. All right, okay. So, uh, I'm just trying to find movies that were as bad. Pacific Rim Uprising 43%, which is quite still a lot better than 0. Wow. What? What? A movie about giant
1: fighting robots got less than 50%? That can't be possible. I What's I not the love? What's not the love about the
0: giant fighting robots? I don't know. It can be pretty bad, especially when the, the Netflix knockoff versions of the movies come out. You've seen those? Like when Transformers came out, uh, a movie on Netflix came out called Transmorphers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real bad. Like it's not even ironically fun, kind of bad. Just painful. When, the when they're
1: not giant robots, they turn into indigenous fungus. It's <laughs> not nearly as good as a Camaro. <laughs>
0: You like that? You like indigenous oh, fungus? You like that? Pull yeah, that on my bag. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay. it just it just also reminds me I missed my opportunity to joke about General Malays, which you talked about earlier. Yes. It was like famous Civil War general, General, <laughs> general Malaz. Right?
1: Yeah. Ah, all right, listen, we have to wrap up. Do you have anything else but, you need
0: to add that is photography rated? No, just remember that uh, go to uh, areyouinfocus.com to get all the information where you can come and see me and the world-famous Boo Ray Perry record the world-famous Photobomb podcast live at the Focus 2018 convention in beautiful Orlando, Florida at the Florida Hotel and Conference Center. I will be there. Boo Ray will be there. Some other people will be there, and it will be a great time. So areyouinfocus.com. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com
1: slash photobombpodcast. You can find us at photobombpodcast.com. You can -hmm. find Gary at HughesFioretti.com. You can find me at BurePeri.com And you can email us questions at photobombpodcast.com. And I will see you back here next week. All right. See you later.